into today's PFF NFL Daily Talking Combine with Jordan Reed here, ESPN's Jordan Reed. Yeah. Congratulations on the gig, man. Absolutely. Thanks, man. It's a pleasure. So we're here in Indy. It's now Thursday morning here when we're recording, and this will be uh, tomorrow's Daily. What are the big storylines that you're looking forward to watching from the Combine? Like, What are the things we need to focus on? Players, guys that need to hit certain numbers, yeah. or even just the, the podium interviews and things we're trying to find out? Yeah, well, first and foremost, it's great to be back here, just being back <laughs> yeah. in this arena. I think we definitely miss this, just being on Radio Row, seeing the guys talk at the podium. But the big storylines that I'll be paying attention to is the first one is Trayvon Walker from Georgia. He's the one that probably is the most polarizing of right. any prospect right now. From a size, weight, speed standpoint, he has it all. It's 6'5", 275 pounds. But Georgia just didn't really let him attack the passer. He played a lot of tight five techniques, so he's right on the outside shoulder of offensive tackles. We really didn't get to see him rush up the field in a sense. So getting top 10 to top 15 type of buzz, you're betting on the traits with him. And then just how this quarterback class unravels itself. Everybody pretty much except Matt Corral is going to be throwing right. out here. So senior bowl, we really didn't get to see anybody snatch that QB1 tag in a sense. Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett kind of be kind of seems to be the two guys at the top right now, but we're still waiting for that guy to jump out to us. Yeah, and the QB class is interesting because so the first thing to change that already has been Kenny Pickett finally getting that hand measurement, yeah. and yeah. it's not good. No. <laughs> Eight no, and a half, not. and then look – you can talk about hand size and how much it matters and all that kind of stuff, but the the NFL threshold, the thing they're looking for usually is nine, right? Yeah. If you're nine, yeah. okay, you're going to take some crap for it. it you know, you're, they're not going to be happy, but it's okay. That's our that's our cutoff. If you're below nine, a like the list of players with hand size below nine, yeah. it's not good. And B, like NFL teams really are going to be twitchy about that. So yeah. that's already moved the, the betting line. Like it's yeah. moved it away from Kenny Pickett since oh, that, wow. that, that number finally came out. Yeah, and me and Ty were, McShay were texting earlier, and he he presented me with a crazy stat. He was like the only quarterback that measured below nine to go on to have success was Michael Vick right. in 2001. And, and Michael Vick had some other things yeah, to right. offset the hand size, <laughs> right. right? Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how teams feel about that. Yeah. How do you think they will? Like, do you think, because obviously, you know, the betting line speaks for itself, but how many teams do you think will just be immediately like, we're out, we're not, we're not touching a guy with I hands that size? I think more so of your cold weather um, or bad elements consistently. Right. Our outdoor teams are going to be a little bit nervous about it. And I go back to that Wednesday practice, that senior bowl, where it was just a downpour. He really struggled driving yeah. the ball in the rain. And, I mean, there's starting to be some things that align to the hand size. And, you know, I'm not overly huge on hand size. We saw Joe Burrow really debunk that right. a little bit. I think his came in at a little bit below nine, too, if I'm not mistaken. I think but he was nine. Like, I think he got like right nine at it. Right it okay, he was right at it then. But so there's going to be some teams that probably don't even have Pickett on their board just because right. there's some teams that really rely on those thresholds and use and numbers and things that are patterns in the past, there's not have been a lot of guys like we just mentioned. Michael Vick was the only guy to right. go on to have success, but he had other variables and other elements that helped uplift or overcome that. Do you think this is a big opportunity for Malik Willis to like cement that spot as the number one QB? We've talked on the main NFL podcast that, you know, he's the guy if you're looking, it's not a great quarterback class, right? And teams are sort of looking for reasons to talk themselves into whatever quarterback yeah. and which guy, because somebody's going to go top half of the first round yeah. maybe top 10 just the way that the, the league is now and willis is the guy that you can sell yourself on right he's yeah, got the arm he's got the athleticism yep. um the offense was a little bit you know not it's 
not the best offense in the world in terms of judging him, but if he interviews well, if he talks well, if he obviously knows his stuff, that's going to catapult him up some boards. Right, and the thing with quarterback is everybody's chasing those athletic guys that have a lot of upside. Right. I mean, everybody saw the the playoff game against Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen. Yeah. You have to have some, not necessarily overly athletic guys at the position, but you have to have strong arm type of guys otherwise you're just going to be fighting for a playoff spot you're not going to be able to overcome so some of those things but with Malik I mean he just oozes upside he's a little bit raw right now I even don't even think he's further along than what Josh Allen was coming out of Wyoming right has some accuracy issues right now played a little bit of hero ball to really develop some bad tendencies but I think that was just some surrounding elements that caused that yeah and you know he's he's not the cleanest prospect in the world but again in in a year where there is no clear-cut superstar quarterback you you got to sort of talk your way beyond that right it's like none of these guys are perfect it's not like we have an option of going well we're not drafting him let's go take this perfect QB prospect over here right like everybody's got some problems you got to figure out which is the guy who you can convince yourself the problems are workable and you know we're already hearing things like Malik Willis has been impressing teams in terms of his knowledge and stuff now whether or not <laughs> whether or not we should be surprised by that is another issue yeah. but the fact that it there the fact that it is positive so far has got to be a good thing for his stock yeah absolutely and you know this type of environment you want to make sure you leave a lasting impression with right. those teams and even at the podium you saw the type of presence that he had i thought it was really enjoyable just hearing him talk just seeing his football iq and just sharing his knowledge of the game but also sharing why some of the things went wrong and i loved what he said about there's always going to be somebody that thinks you're trash, but I'm not here <laughs> to approve everybody. Right. So I really liked him saying that. All right, I want to hit the wide receivers in a second. Yeah. First, Hoops fans, the latest offer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, is too good to pass up. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. It's that simple. Uh, if Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still take a shot at a big payday. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings daily fantasy basketball contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code PFF, bet just $1 on any NBA team, and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code PFF at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. 21 or older, uh, minimum age and location requirements vary by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for full details and requirements and state-specific responsible gaming resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. The thing I wanted to talk about wide receivers, so today, Thursday, um, was the first day when we started doing some things, right? Drills, bench press, whatever. And almost the entirety of the wide receiver group decided not to bench press because the combine has now started to mess around with their scheduling and they've moved the bench to the same day as the workouts. And these guys are like, I'm not... We're not doing both in the same day. Right. And agents had kind of forewarned, you know, teams or, or people about this. And that's what it was. There were two guys yeah. out of the wide receiver room decided to bench. Everyone else had to go up, stand individually and <laughs> announce they weren't doing it. What do you make of that whole kind of situation? I mean, it makes sense. And I'm sure they'll probably switch it back to the day right. before the throwing session next year. Yeah. Just seeing so many guys opt out of the event. But. If you think about it, you bench pressing and then going to try and catch from quarterbacks right. inside during the biggest job interview of your life. I mean, I don't blame them for opting out of it. Yeah, and it'll be interesting as well with uh, the combine possibly being on the move after yeah. this year, you know, not being in Indy. But it, it is in, it, it's they've started to take a mess, like mess around with the, the structure, the order, all these kinds of things. What do you make of that wide receiver group generally? 
I like it. And we don't have no surefire superstar guys that you can project to the next level, like a Jamar Chase or Jalen Waddle, even Devonta Smith. But I think there's a lot of talented guys at the top. I mean, Drake London, I think, yeah. is a really talented player that kind of reminds you of that T. Higgins, Mike Williams type of mold. There's plenty of other players, too. Jameson Williams, even though he's not healthy right now, I think he brings an explosive option to the table. Garrett Wilson, I'm a big fan of him. He's my wide receiver one right now from strictly a body control standpoint, hands, and being just a creative route runner. He reminds me a lot of Stephon Diggs when he was coming out of Maryland. And then you have the big body type and Traylon Burks from Arkansas, who's at about six foot two, 225 pounds, which is what he measured at today. Needs to work a little bit on his route running abilities, but yeah. you can line him up everywhere outside of offensive line. Yeah, and they were. And they were they were really yeah. working at getting the ball in his hands. Um, the one thing that struck me with these guys when they weighed in and measured up is that it's not a big group generally. And I'm wondering, like, have we started to, to, to reach the point where the NFL is – embracing the smaller receivers now remember like for years we were chasing the six foot three 215 pound guys like the that was the prototype size and if they ran fast even better now you know you got guys like garrett wilson and jameson williams and they're coming in under six foot they're coming in like 180 pounds and that would be a real concern if you go back a few years ago yeah. now it's like Okay, it's not great, but we don't care. Like, right. you know, they can get open. That's the thing we're looking for. Right. I think that's just the nature of this class. And we kind of went through it last year with Devontae Smith. Right. I think he came in at, what, 160 pounds? 66 Yeah, or something, something like yeah. that. So, and he had plenty of success as right. a rookie. So, I think that's just the nature of what's happening right there, right now with this era, 7 on 7. There's always going to be strong wide receiver classes year after year after year just because that's the lay of the land and how these kids are coming up now. Yeah, I just think it's it's intriguing now that the NFL doesn't seem to care that much about that. And Ultimately, if a guy's gonna, if if he can separate, if he can defeat press coverage at the yep. line, it doesn't need to be 210 pounds. Right. Like right. you're not gonna need that most of the time. So, particularly the way the rules are pivoting ever more towards you know no contact and coverage and all that kind of stuff. The days where you needed to be built like a tank at wide receiver, yeah. they're kind of they're kind of over. Yeah, yeah, they are. I mean, we've seen guys in years past that have been built like that that haven't ended up panning out. But over the previous years, we've seen these smaller, twitchy type of players that just understand how to gain separation. They've had plenty of success in the league. So as long as you understand how to get open or just win in different types of ways, I think the NFL will like you. What's your take on the number one overall pick? We're, we're in a year where there's no QB going to yeah. go there. So now the league defaults to edge rushes or offensive tackles, right? So we're talking Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau. We're talking that trio of offensive tackles, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, Iki Aquanu. Yeah. Who do you think is going to go number one? I think Evan Neal is going to go number one right now, but Aquanu has a huge opportunity here without yeah. Evan Neal participating. So he may have a chance to kind of swing that momentum back in his favor if he runs in the low four nines, which is what he's expected to do. Right. So I think it's between either one of those two at the number one overall pick. But right now I would give uh, Evan Neal. Right Evan now. Neal looks incredible. Yeah. Like that guy yeah. weighed in, he said, at 337 yeah. pounds. Yeah. And when he was up on the podium, yeah. he looked like a tight end. He did. Like you couldn't believe that that guy is carrying 337 pounds at that size. Like he's, he's obviously huge. You know, if you stand near him, he's a massive guy. Yeah. But he's, he's svelte. He's thin. He's skinny. Yeah. Like he's, yeah. he's not a big guy. Yeah. It's crazy to see him carrying that kind of weight and, and look like that. Yeah, he, he's kind of built like Tyron Smith. And he's kind of has the, like that compact build of players that are 330 pounds, but they look like they weigh 285 right. pounds. So just a massive frame overall. A lot of his weight is really in his lower half. Yeah. It has a massive trunk, too. That's something that you notice about him. But I was really impressed with just like his physique overall. And yeah. Like you mentioned, like he carried his weight really, really well. I think that's a really good thing for him. Him because you know you, you 
shows up the combine it's like i'm not going to be working out here and for a guy that's sort of listed at 360 everyone starts to go oh are we are we talking like weight problems yeah. you know do we need to be in yeah. shape for the turns up looking like you know a super athlete right. i don't think we have to worry about that so yeah Iki Aquano might kind of steal a march during the uh the combine but i suspect as soon as evan neal does anything at that pro day we're going to be right back on top and, and looking at the number one overall pick. Yeah, I mean, that's the great thing about the draft process. It's kind of like basketball where everybody has their runs of momentum. Right. You know, Evan Neal may be on like a 6 or 8 run right now. Iki Okwandu comes back with an answer of his own. That's the great thing about the draft process, swinging the pendulum in either way or another. So I'm looking forward to seeing Iki perform. All right, still some more to go at the combine drills, all the other position groups. Thank you so much, Jordan Reed, for joining me. That's been today's PFF NFL Daily.